The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2449. Yesterday, because it was St. Patrick's Day, we talked about the luckiest Star Wars characters. I thought today would be a good day to follow up and talk about the unluckiest Star Wars characters in live action storytelling. Punch it. Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. We're going to talk about the unluckiest characters. My nominations, at least for the men I would love to hear. Yours as well. And that can be at facebook.com slash sw7x7, youtube.com slash sw7x7, or home base for the show at sw7x7.com. The ground rule that I laid down for myself and would love to you to play along with as well is no major characters in this. So yeah, that's basically it. Either supporting characters or really way down the line. Maybe Grogu for Revenge of the Sith was pushing it yesterday, but I mean, fair. I think it's fair. Anyway, so let's do the rundown again. Unluckiest characters in Star Wars live action storytelling, starting with The Phantom Menace. I think you gotta go with Watto hands down on this one. I mean, the guy says, I lost everything. And so, I mean, he lost everything. So how could you disagree with him having the worst time of any supporting or minor character in The Phantom Menace? Yeah, I, I don't have a better one. Out of all of these, he seemed like the slam dunk. I went with Boba Fett for Attack of the Clones because, yeah, that's pretty darn tragic. I mean, he sees his dad get killed in front of him, and this just you know sets his life on an entirely different path. Although, it's probably not far from the path that he would have been on had dad still been around. But... Yeah, it's not a good thing to see, you know, a Jedi just, you know, behead your dad right in front of you. Bad stuff. For Revenge of the Sith, I'm going to go with one very large group, and that is the clone army. I mean, how awful to have your autonomy stripped from you by Order 66 in the middle of that movie, where you're just, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, and yeah, you know, that's got its own problems as well. Rex expressed that very eloquently in season seven of the Clone Wars where he talked about just the conflict within clones because they don't necessarily want the fighting to go on forever. You know, they're not necessarily, you know, fans of being soldiers and being in war. But on the other hand, they wouldn't exist if not for the war. And they, you know, are a, a, like most sentient beings becoming attached to the notion of existing. So, you know, what an unusual conundrum to be in. And then to have their autonomy stripped from them by Order 66, yeah, hugely unlucky. Moving on to A New Hope, aka the original Star Wars, this is probably the one I had the most trouble with. And ultimately I settled on Wedge Antilles. And the reason why I settled on him is that if things hadn't gone wrong with his X-Wing, he probably still would have been in the trench 
and would have been shot down by Darth Vader and died. So the fact that he had engine problems or whatever the X-Wing problems were and had to bail out, yeah, so he didn't get to help. And yet the Death Star was blown up and he was a hero of that whole escapade, right? Because he was one of the three survivors along with Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon as well. But, you know, that had to keep him up at night. You know, the idea of, oh, you know, I wasn't there to help when he needed it most. And yet if he had been there to help when Luke needed it most, he probably would have been dead, Wedge would have. So, yeah, that's got to have messed with his head for a while. I would imagine at least. For Empire Strikes Back, I went with the Exogorth, which if you read the Empire Strikes Back short story collection from a certain point of view, there's a whole backstory about the Exogorth, and it's sad and pitiful, and, you know, I was thinking of it initially as like, oh, he needed that little bite to eat because heaven knows there's probably not a heck of a lot to eat out in the middle of an asteroid field, but there's a whole symbiotic communication situation and sensory experience that the Exogorth has with its newest arrivals, Han and Leia and 3PO and Chewie going into the belly of this thing. And yeah, we've talked about that on the show last year when we went over the stories from that. But yeah, that Exegorth would be my vote for the unluckiest character because it was really sad when everybody left and it was just so heartbroken. As for Return of the Jedi, I'm going to go with EV-99. That would be the droid that was running the whole droid situation in Jabba's palace, and once everything went kablooey with that, poor Evie was out of a job, and the next time we see him, he's just tending bar at a cantina on Tatooine. So yeah, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, and speaking of droids, I just realized I skipped two in the middle here, so let's go to Solo A Star Wars Story. And the Kessel droids are my nomination for the unluckiest characters in this one because of the fact that they get to experience that brief bit of freedom, but then I'm sure the Pike Syndicate came back and crushed that rebellion and wiped memories and so forth. And, you know, maybe you could go with a little bit of lucky for them at least getting to have that taste of freedom, but to have it just then ultimately snatched away again, yeah, that's not cool. And as far as Rogue One goes, I would have had Draven, the spy master, running Cassian Andor in this one because he lost his whole team. He's going to have to do more with his spy network now as a result. It's kind of hard to pick who's unluckiest with Rogue One and making sure that the character actually still survives the events of Rogue One. That's a, a tough one as well. But I went with Draven because now he has to rebuild a whole new spy network situation. And this is me presuming that some of the Special Forces guys that were lost were also somehow connected to Draven too. For The Force Awakens, I went with Constable Zuvio. And that's really not necessarily about anything that happens to him in the movie. It's more about the fact that they gave us a Constable Zuvio action figure and he meant absolutely nothing in the movie and he was just a blink and you'll miss a character. That was ridiculous. For The Last Jedi, I went with Dabu Skay, and that is the little guy who is feeding coins into BB-8, thinking that BB-8 is a slot machine, but BB-8 is not a slot machine at all, and things go horribly awry for poor Dabu Skay, who 
Incidentally is voiced by none other than Mark Hamill. Yes, indeed. Mark Hamill doing voice acting in The Last Jedi as well as, you know, in-person acting. And for The Rise of Skywalker, I went with every private galactic citizen because, my gosh, this is the third time in, what, 60 years that they have to go through this again, whether it was the Clone Wars from 22 to 19 ABY to the you know, Galactic Civil War, which really you know broke out from 04 to, or from 0 BBY to 4 ABY, and even 5 with, you know, finishing off the Empire, to, you know, 34 to 35 ABY, and now we have to deal with the First Order and the Resistance and all this? Like, oh my gosh, can we just stop the cycle of Galactic War already? And for The Mandalorian, I went with Mithril, who is now being used as an accountant by Grief Karga, but still has what, 350 years, like hundreds of years are being bartered constantly <laughs> during that episode, The Siege, the chapter 12. So this poor character gets carbon frozen in episode one, like right at the beginning. And then you find out that, oh, it was just Grief Karga exercising a personal vendetta against this guy. And now he's holding him in indentured servitude. And it's played for comic relief, but I mean, Good heavens, you know, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. And we don't even know how long that species lives. So, you know, that's a whole other situation. Anyway, that's my rundown of nominations for unluckiest supporting minor characters in the Star Wars live action stories. And again, I'd love to hear your nominations in that regard. So chime in to facebook.com slash sw7x7, youtube.com slash sw7x7, or home base for the show at sw7x7.com. And that is going to do it for the show today. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.